I took the lead. Where's a good station? Somebody's heart. Glorious. Glorious. Amen. Guardians of Grace. What's wrong? Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax. You have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us. Holding to pure grace. Again. Relax. Join in with us. Listen on. Be blessed. Fenders of Grace. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. My name's Bill, and I'm here with my longtime buddy, Grace Guard Dog Steve. Hello, one and all. Hello, everybody. Glad that you're here, too. I'm glad that you could make it. The Lord allowed it. We look forward to seeing how the Holy Spirit rolls today, what the Spirit's going to come and say. Lord, speak through us. Speak through Bill and I. Give us the words. Give us the thoughts. And allow us to share some rev with all our fellow guard dogs. (laughs) Out in the pound. Out in the pound. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've been been battling today. It's been a battle, hasn't it? Some we had an invasion from some of the ites. Yeah, yeah. Not and the Canaanites. Not the Canaanite or the, the Hittites. Ites or yeah, yeah. Seems like I've got termites. Yeah, I've never seen so many wings in my life. Yeah, yeah. So. Something else to do. Another attack. Another way in which my time gets robbed. The thief comes to kill and destroy. He's killing and destroying my time. He's robbing me of time constantly. The adversary, Hasatan, taking our time away from the podcast and away from the Facebook page, which Bill was saying today, the Facebook page looks pretty good. There's a lot of great comments being made, insightful thoughts. That were previous till this morning out of my site yeah yeah please pray for us that we get better at facebook page and we can run a tighter facebook page and that would help the podcast immensely a year and a half into this and i just discovered there was a new page yes didn't even know it yeah it's terrible please join us on the Facebook page. You can go to our web page and click the link and it'll take you right over there, I believe. I did it, so there's hope. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's all you have to say to encourage. Well, Bill did it. Yes. So it's doable. Well, Grace Guard Dog Steve, we don't have a question. We don't have a response to the last question. Not yet. I did hear that the guy enjoyed the question. The questionnaire. Yeah. Okay. He he felt that he had a satisfactory answer in that a true disciple was described in John 
chapter 8, where he said, you'll be my disciples. In John chapter 6, where he said, you'll be my true disciples. And we saw that a, a true disciple is one who's been set free, who Jesus freed indeed. And we saw that when Jesus was talking to those Pharisees, he was speaking, just touching base on an idea that Paul expounded on and taught us a new covenant teaching on. And Jesus says, You're, you were a slave. And Paul told us what we were a slave to. The sin. That dwells within us. The, the secret sin that none of the Israelites ever knew about the whole time they were trying to obey the law. Neither that, did the Pharisees who knew the word of God. They said, completely unaware that they were a slave. Completely oblivious. Yeah, they said, we've never been slaves. Right, even though their history proved them wrong, to tell the truth. It kind of reminds me of how Paul said, I don't understand what I do. It's the same attitude as, I'm not even aware of this this problem, this the sin problem. Right, I don't know why I behave the way I do. And, you know, for me, that was the million-dollar question. Why am I doing this? I, I so much want to live a pure and holy model Christian life, and I see myself going to the left and going to the right and never on target. I, I'm just always off, and I'm always doing something that I actually never wanted to do. During the course of each and every day, it happens over and over and over again. I make some sort of bad decision and go down the wrong road every every day. And I always wondered why. And if there's people out there in the audience that are wondering why don't I tow the line because I want to tow the line. And that question is nagging at you and you just don't know why you're not doing better than you are, Paul gives you the answer in Romans 7. He tells us that all humanity, every person on the earth that was born and has a driver's license or a birth certificate, the person born of Adam has trouble with sin being more, what would be the word, Bill? Overpowering? Overpowering was what I was saying. Yeah. The sin overpowering our will and our determination. We are determined to, I mean, I've just pounded the table and said, I'm going to get this right, meaning the Christian life. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it and didn't know why. And Romans 7 actually tells us the reason, the secret reason. The, the secret of law, the mystery of lawlessness. It's like the when I was a little kid, my mom used to tell me the story about the little engine that could, and he was climbing the mountain, and he kept saying, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. And I finally asked my mom one day, I said, how come you never told me the end of the story, Mom? And she said, well, he, 
actually never made it up the mountain. And it was the same thing about that little old ant that thought he could move that rubber tree plant. But he had high hopes. High hopes. (laughs) He never moved that rubber tree plant. And that's that's how I lived my Christianity. I, I get built up by people that say you can do this, get an accountability partner, commit yourself to doing it, resolve that it's going to get done, and it doesn't... I mean, no one tried as hard as the Apostle Paul in Romans 7, did they? No, no. And I don't think many tried as hard as I I did. Right, exactly. And the people out there in the audience, I know you can admit admit to yourselves that you tried hard. You tried hard. It wasn't ever a question of commitment. It wasn't ever a question of being encouraged, positive thinking, all those things. Rededication. Rededication. The, The problem is in the ability to do it is not there. The ability to do it is not there, humanly speaking. It's like we talked about one time. There is a law of gravity, a consistent principle, happens every time, and you can't overcome the law of gravity by human effort. You can't overcome by running real fast, trying to mimic a plane, any of those things. It takes a higher law called the law of aerodynamics. And the thing we have to realize that the higher law is called the law of the spirit of the life in Christ that liberates you from the law, consistent principle of the sin and the death. Do you guys get that? In Romans 7, in the beginning of Romans 8, he is talking about two different laws of dynamics small l law it really is talking about a law of dynamics paul is telling us about a law of dynamics that works within our human nature and can be overridden by the spirit of christ within us which is a entirely different law of dynamics, just like the law of gravity, just like you said. I remember I had a discipleship tutor type guy when I was first became a Christian. A really, really nice guy. Really smart guy. And I remember talking with him and he said, well, can you maybe not send for an hour? And I was like, maybe, yeah. And then he's like, well, then you just make it two hours and then half a day and then a day. But that's the same thing. You're still applying the the law of trying to do your best to overcome something that's better than you, that's stronger than you. Like the law of the treadmill. Yeah, it's just not going anywhere. And so that's the first... I guess first obstacle to overcome is the idea that you have any kind of chance in your own human effort determination to overcome the sin. That's the first observation or conclusion that you need 
to come to. I'm not God, he is. Can't do what the serpent in the Garden of Eden said. I'll be like God. Um, I can't know good and evil and be evil and do the good that I want. I can't do it. It's the first observation we make in stepping into this new covenant that we're under. Well, what's amazing, and it's just kind of out there in the book of Job, chapter 32, verse 8, a guy named Elihu says to Job, there is a spirit in man, and the breath of the Almighty is what gives him understanding. And then in the, the next chapter, it says that this same spirit gives him ability. In every person, there is a spirit of God, and there is a spirit of man. And maybe we could go to 1 Corinthians 2 and see what it describes as no eye had ever seen, no ear had ever heard, nor had it ever entered into the mind of anyone what God had in store. It's speaking about living by grace or living by the Spirit. Yes, and you're actually quoting the passage that I'm supposed to read. <laughs> so you tell me where to start off, and I will, but go ahead and make the comments you wanted to beforehand. Well, something happened so that now every eye can see, every ear can hear, and it can enter into the understanding of every person how we overcome the sin. Because yeah, it was always curious why Jesus would say in front of a big crowd, he who has ears, let him hear. Because they all had ears, but he he was talking about a certain type of ear. And it wasn't a human that, ear. It wasn't have, a human ear. Right. And they didn't have the type of ear that hears when he said that to them. Exactly. So it went right over their head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Went over the Pharisee's head because... It takes the Spirit of God to understand the slavery to, sin, to the sin. Yes. That was hidden from everyone. Yes. Including the Bible studying Pharisees. So you might as well start at 1. Let's see, should I start at 1 7? Yes. Okay. But we speak God's wisdom in a menace, in a mystery the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory. He predestined us to have this wisdom after the Mosaic law had ended and they had tried and tried and tried in their human strength to obey God, but God dismantled them as a nation because they didn't obey. That's because this mystery was still hidden to them. So That's it, what he means by the ages. There. Yes. It was predestined before the ages, before he ever started the age of the Mosaic Law. Right. It was predestined to be a mystery until after the age of the Mosaic Law. Which to, means it wasn't going to be revealed through the Mosaic Law. Yes. Kept hidden. Okay. The wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood for if if they had understood it they would not have crucified the lord of glory 
okay. The rulers of this age, <laughs> I used to have all kinds of thought. You know who the rulers of this age were? Basically the Pharisees, the, the people in charge, the priests, the Pharisees, the scribes. They were the ones in charge. They were the ones, the rulers. And it said they had not understood the wisdom of God because if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Right. They would not have crucified Jesus if they knew, even though they were the people who knew the Bible the best. But this wisdom wasn't revealed to them. No. Just goes to show you how, no matter how much human intellect you use to read this Bible, you're not going to understand it. Not not with your human intellect. As we're going to see. As we're going to see. We might as well keep reading, huh? Yeah. Okay. It says... I was just going to say this one thing. Saul of Tarsus would be considered one of the leaders, one of the rulers of this age. Yes. Yeah. And he didn't get it. He didn't get it. Not till... But he's writing us now. Yes. Because he's got it. As an enlightened man. Okay, so Paul, this guy who is now enlightened, says, But just as it is written, the things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which has not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. All that God prepared for those who love him has not entered the heart of man, has not, they, they haven't even imagined it. They have not heard it, and they have not seen it, even though it was clearly predicted in the Old Testament what was going to happen and what was going to happen to Jesus. The prophets predicted it step by step. And they were a willing party in the crucifying of Jesus, the betrayal of him. Right. Due to what their human ears were capable of hearing. Just amazing. Just amazing how how obvious it is that we are talking about these spiritual ears that only the Spirit can give us. Helps you have a little bit of at least understanding of people thinking they were doing the right thing. Yep. So so no eye, ear, or it ever entered the mind what God was planning to do. No, not humanly speaking. Because if they had understood, they wouldn't have crucified. They wouldn't have behaved the way they did. Okay, so let, let me go ahead and read First Corinthians 2, verse 10. For to us... God revealed these things through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Okay, that would be why they didn't understand Pentecost had not yet happened. Right. They had not received the Holy Spirit. And that's what it says back in the Gospels. Jesus himself said, I have many things to say to you, but you're still not ready for it. Meaning you don't have the Spirit. Is what the narrator 
in the gospel goes on to say, meaning they hadn't received the Spirit yet. That's why Jesus said, in that day, you're going to know a lot of things that you don't know tonight. Yes, yes. So we see that it wasn't, God didn't reveal them through human audio. He said he revealed it through the Spirit. And it said it's that Spirit that can learn all these deep things of God, not our human intellect. But that's what we've come to know about everything concerning accomplishment. The Spirit accomplishes everything for us. That's why in Psalms it could say, Lord, you have done the works of our hands, because it's God who does all this stuff through us. But here we're talking about learning, and it says, for who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God, and we've received it. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might learn the things freely given to us by God. We receive the Spirit so that we can learn. We do have ears to hear now. We do have eyes to see. We do have a mind that understands now that we've received the Spirit because it is a spiritual mind and ears and eyes that we need. That's why in Ephesians, Paul would pray, Please, Lord, give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation and open the eyes of their heart. There plenty of times you'll see Paul praying for, for this spirit, this spiritual activity to happen. So the spirit of man knows the things of man, but the spirit of man does not know the things of God. And no other man knows the things my spirit knows but my own spirit knows. But the thing, the things of God, only the spirit of God knows. Yes. And that's the spirit it says we received? It says we've received that spirit. That means we didn't, we received it, it's got to be passively. Yes, exactly. And what does it teach us? The things freely given to us? Freely given. That sounds like grace language to me. It does. It does. Without earning. The spirit of man only does not understand grace freely given things. No. It understands cause and effect. In earning. It understands if you do good, good things will happen. Right. It is the way the Pharisees thought. Remember all through the Gospel of John they would say, Who sinned this this man or his parents that he should be born blind. Somebody had to pay. It, yeah, so that doesn't sound like freely given. No. That sounds like cause and effect. You did you did something bad, so you got something bad. But if you had done something good, you got something good. And that was the mentality of the Pharisees. If you were rich, you're doing good with God. If you're poor, you must have a 
sin problem. They equated richness with holiness. And they incorporated, or is that the word? They associated poverty, blindness, sickness, sickness with sin. With, with sin. With sin. Yeah. The Spirit of God blows all that away. Right out of the water. Yeah. Right out of the water. Freely given. Meaning there's no cause and effect to this. No. It's freely given. It's gift language. Right. You didn't earn it. You didn't study up the scriptures and say, okay, now I see that there's a God, so I'm going to believe in him. So if you're trying to understand the gospel through your natural mind, that is why you'll never get it. Exactly. If someone says you're a slave to sin and you're trying to process it in your natural mind, you'll fight it. Right. You'll say, well, we were never slaves of anybody. But as you can see now with the knowledge you have about the divine nature and the human nature, Jesus was saying you're a slave to sin in your human nature. And if someone tells you the way to overcome sin is join the promise keepers, get an accountability partner, try harder, double down on determination, then you you will not never, when you're thinking in, in terms of the what you're never going to overcome sin. No. And not only that, you're also going to be deceived in the thinking that you actually are making progress. Yes. Overcoming sin. Yes. And that the only thing keeping you from total victory is some more determination. Right. I've been there. It's a cruel place to be. It's it's worse. Knowing that is worse than knowing nothing. Right. Or knowing that is worse than not even caring about it. Right. Um, Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> it is. Compared to knowing that you're, you're not as holy as you're trying to be. So what then was the purpose of the law? See, that that's one of the big things. I always thought the purpose of the law was to, so you know what you're supposed to do and not sin. Yes, and it's a noble thing to try and obey the law. That That's the thing. You say, hey, you're not under the law. You don't have to do that. It's like saying you don't have to do anything noble. Now, that's... One thing that the natural mind does agree with the law, and he thinks it's admirable to try it, or he thinks it's... It is admirable. Yeah, to want to do it, want yeah. to keep it. But he doesn't have the ability, and it is the spirit that reveals that he doesn't have the ability. And it's the spirit that gets you at least to step one, and step one, for lack of a better term, is at least knowing your limitations. Or, or is it better to say it's the spirit that leads you to the ability once your conscience has told you that you don't stack up, once the law has told you that you don't stack up, or yeah, the tree of the knowledge. Yeah, anything is better than what I just said. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I, I'll own my mistakes. <laughs> okay. Steve said it better. Yeah. Um, Say it again, though. Yeah. It's, it's the spirit that shows us the way to be able to accomplish. It, it teaches us how to accomplish a model Christian life because 
the Holy Spirit, the anointing that we have, which is true and not counterfeit, it teaches us and guides us into all truth, and it teaches us to abide in God, abide in him, not our human strength. I'm just paraphrasing 1 John 2.27. The Spirit guides us into the truth that it is the Spirit that accomplishes for us what we can't do for ourselves when the tree of the knowledge of good and evil has made us feel naked and ashamed again, when the law has condemned us again, or when our own conscience has eaten our lunch because we didn't stack up to our own standards. It is. It's put really well in, I think it's Titus 2, 10, 11, 12, maybe it is. The grace of God has appeared to all men, and it's the grace of God that teaches us to live upright. Godly lives. Godly lives, yes. You notice how it says the grace of God has appeared to all men? Yes. It's a person. It's Jesus. Yes, it is. He makes his appearance to you, and he's the one that teaches you to live a godly life. Yes. To live upright. Mm -hmm. And he empowers you to do it, too. And empowers you to do it. And he teaches you to rely on that power. Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's the same thing, I think, in Romans, I'm thinking, 14. Am I right? The kingdom of God is not... 14, 17. 14, 17. Kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of Christ that has appeared to you. And it's the Spirit of Christ that teaches you the things that are freely given to you, back to 1 Corinthians 2, right? Yes, yes, which is where we should continue with. Let's get back there. Okay. Do you, do you want me to read the next verse? Yeah. Okay. It, it was saying, we've received the Spirit not from the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom. There we go again. These things we do not teach in words of human wisdom. See, that's exactly what Bill and I were saying. You just don't need that a man teach you anything. It's the Spirit of God who expresses spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. For the Spirit to hear. The Spirit of God teaches your human spirit. Yes, okay. Combining, let, let, me, let me just do this all over again. It's, we've received the Spirit of God, not the, the Spirit of the world, so that we speak things not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those words by the Spirit. Combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words for spiritual ears, I say. Yeah. So it goes on to say, but the natural man, this is the man 
on your birth certificate, the ones that your parents gave birth to. But the natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. Their foolishness to him, he can't understand them. And see, I always thought the natural man was people that don't go to church, but they go hang out with their friends at the bars and smoke cigarettes. Because usually that word is translated carnal. Yeah, but the natural man can be sitting in a church pew Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and Wednesday after Wednesday after Wednesday learning the things of man and never learning the things taught by the Spirit. And crying at night about his behavior. He could be so frustrated and trying so hard. This is the natural man that we're talking about. That was me. Me too. I did not understand the things of the guy. I didn't know anything about the things freely given to me. It's the spirit that reveals the things freely given to us. The natural man, he only understands the things that are earned by doing good and getting good. Obedience. Obedience. He learns that. He learns that if he's good, he doesn't get a flat tire. You ever thought of, like, things that happen to you in the day must be related to a sin you did? Oh, I'm still superstitious sometimes. I still think things like that. Yeah. I I can't, I I haven't completely broken free from it. You didn't learn that from the Spirit. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I need to unlearn that so bad. Lord, please help me unlearn those things that I was taught. Please. Because that's the way the the world operates in a cause and effect. And sadly, that's crept into a lot of church thinking, cause and effect thinking. If you do good, God will bless you. If you're not keeping the commandments, toe in the line, uh, look for your finances to be wrecked. If you're not truly a disciple. If, <laughs> yes, exactly. All those buzzwords that we use. And sadly, people use this to condemn people, and even more pathetic, people like me used it to condemn myself. Oh, oh. I lived oh. in cause and effect mm-hmm. type of uh, thinking. Mm-hmm. And it's a horrible way, because you never measure up in, in, your, in your cause and effect economy of thinking. That's what antidepressants are for. Yeah. Yeah, they are. And God bless the people that, that need them. Because I've needed them before in my life. And it was actually legalism that made you need them. Legalism is deadly. It, you had everything else going just right. But I didn't know it. You had a good job and back then you were single. You had girlfriends. Everything was rolling along for you. But the legalism was torturing you back then. I actually I knew the a Jewish we used guy. To have. Yeah, and we both knew a friend, a really, really good guy. Oh, he, he was oh. a Jewish believer. I won't say his name, but oh, that yeah. poor guy. And he he joined a ministry and was touring, and he thought because he didn't balance his checkbook that God condemned him. Yeah. That it was the last straw, and he walked away from that ministry, left the ministry high and dry because they needed a guitar player, but he just went in 
to a depression that oh my was months and months. Destructive. And he thought he was condemned. He, he thought it, it, he had broken the last straw because he didn't send his money to pay his school loan when he said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to pay the loan this week and didn't and thought that God couldn't ever use him again. He did bad, thought he was going to get bad. And he didn't even do anything bad. He made up a rule for himself. (laughs) Yeah. He created that and condemned himself. And you couldn't talk him out of it. Oh, but we tried. We did in hours, countless hours. I wish I knew about the the mind of the spirit and the mind of the flesh too. Yeah, yeah, we could reach him on on that plane. But yeah, we just hadn't learned yet. No, we were in the same boat. We were trying to comfort him with the same logic and a, a better man. You would never meet. No, nobody tried harder than. This guy, <laughs> nameless guy. But the man with the natural mind is a Pharisee, basically. Yeah, the best. Yeah, that's the best he can be. Yeah, exactly. Uh, most of them are total yahoos. So what was the rest of the thought? Okay, okay. So it, it says, it said, the natural man can't understand them. He cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritual, but he who is spiritual. See, it's it's not John and Joe. It's the same John that is the natural man, or if he is spiritual. He's depending on the spirit. If he's depending on the spirit, he appraises all things, yet he is judged by no man. Including for, himself. Including himself. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But what does it say next? We have the mind of Christ. Whoa. We See, we have the mind of Christ. We as Christians have been born again. It's the Christ in us, the hope of glory. We have that mind. That is the mind we're supposed to use to discern the Bible and learn and get our nuggets from the Bible. We use the mind of Christ. And we're not subject to anyone's judgment, judgment. including ourselves. Right. When we're in the spirit, that there's nothing that they can judge us for because we're living an exemplary Christian life. Not when we've rededicated for the fifth time do we live that exemplary Christian life. When we're manifesting the mind of Christ. And that's what he goes on to say. He says, he says, we have the mind of Christ, but brothers, I could not speak to you as the spirit man. I could not speak to you as the spirit man. But as to men of human nature, that's what I could speak to you as, men of the human nature. You have the mind of Christ, but I could not speak to you 
as people who are in the spirit, but as people who are in the human nature, just mere babes in Christ. If you're Christian in, in the human nature, you're considered a babe in Christ. For I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not ready to receive it. Indeed, even now you are still not ready to receive it because there's quarreling and strife among you. If there's quarreling and strife among you, are you not fleshly? Are you not manifesting the human nature? Yes. It goes back to the verse you just, you're, you're making judgments. You're quarreling and, and judging people based on what you see and not by what the Spirit has taught. Yes. The Spirit has taught that that person is righteous. You say, well, I don't see him bringing enough income to support his family, so I don't think he's righteous. Or he didn't balance his checkbook, so he's not righteous. Always pick somebody apart. Yeah, including yourself. Yes. That's why it says... The man with the spirit is not subject to any man's judgment. So when someone says to me, I'm not righteous based on what they see, it doesn't matter. I'm going to go with what God says about me. God says I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, period. My conscience is not going to be destroyed by that person's uh, judgment of me. I'm not subject to his judgment. And... and on the other hand, Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruits. And that's exactly what Paul was saying. I don't see any fruit. I don't see you bearing any fruit right now. You're not You're acting like human beings. You're not acting like the Spirit of God would act like. You're not walking and talking like Jesus would, full of grace. You're acting like humans, and I can tell that you're manifesting the human nature. Your eyes will not see, your ears will not hear, your mind will not understand what God has freely given us. I can't talk about it unless you're in the Spirit. It's something for us to really learn from, a a daily life's lesson about fellowshipping with each other. Paul is exemplifying exactly what First John, the whole letter of First John is about. And it's about how to tell when somebody's in the spirit or when somebody's in the flesh. And the letter of First John is about fellowship, how to make your fellowship joyful. How is that different, Guard Dog Steve, than discerning who's a what you just said, uh, that discerning when someone's yeah. in the spirit or someone's in the flesh. That we're told not to do. We, 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 are, we're, we are told to discern whether somebody's in the flesh or the spirit, but not to discern whether they're going to heaven or hell. That's like the, who are you to judge another man's servant? Back to Romans 14. Yeah, to his own master he stands or falls and stand he will because God is able to make him stand. The reason I said that is that's the wrong, you're looking for the wrong thing. You're not looking to see if he's a born again or not born again. You're, you're looking to see which, what he is, which nature he is manifesting. 
the new nature or the nature of the spirit or if he's manifesting the the old nature the, yeah. the one that doesn't understand what he does and exactly do you see how if you judged Paul on that in Romans 7 you might come to the conclusion that he's not even a believer not a Christian exactly exactly rather than somebody who is manifesting either the flesh or the spirit it's something that we have yet to address in our podcasts from the first one up till now we, we still haven't really addressed the idea of being able to know whether someone's manifesting the flesh their human nature or Christ in them the hope of glory but you could tell when Paul was saying I could not address you as spiritual people I had to address you as human beings even though you have the mind of Christ you could tell that that Paul was going along those lines going along that principle of being able to tell whether somebody was manifesting the flesh or the spirit which the epistles and the gospels have an awful lot to say about it and for years my mind was blind to the concept did you try to make manifest in flesh one word manifest (laughs) oh did i do that yeah you did that's funny i manifest huh (laughs) did i manifest i got a new word that's a new term that's a good new word you're manifesting (laughs) oh my gosh you heard it here first my mistake i'm sorry so it it is this the spirit that teaches us to say it's the grace of god or the spirit that teaches us the things that god freely gives us Mm -hmm. it's the spirit that points out the way to victory yes over sin it's never this idea that it doesn't matter how you live it matters that you're victorious or defeated that's what matters yes and if you want to be victorious you need to speak the spirit to teach you how to live the victorious christian life yes and in one word the victorious christian life is dependence yes dependence on the spirit this dependence on the spirit to teach and the dependence on the a spirit's ability Yep, we are going to have to get into all that. We've we've got to do podcasts on dependence. We have to do it on manifesting. We have to do podcasts on where the glory goes. We have to... There's plenty more podcasts for us to do. There is, and we're running out of time on, on this one. But I hope that's kind of an introductory, and we'll get at it some more. Yes, by the grace of God, we will. Let me close us in prayer. Father God, allow us to take root in just this idea that our human nature does not discern the deep things of the Bible. It's not our human intellect. It never was. We're not any smarter or dumber than anybody else who reads the Bible. It's just you unveiling revelation through the Bible via your spirit to us that's what happens what do we have that we have not received second corinthians nothing 
not one nugget of wisdom from the Bible that we have that we have not received, Father. Allow us to understand that in every single way. And it is in your Son's name that we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Good night, you guys. Good night. Love you. <laughs>